Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. Glenis Fitzgerald, President of Alvernia University in Reading, Pennsylvania, is the right person practicing her managerial leadership in the right place at the right time. And you'll hear how that sounds when we have, as we have this conversation about what it's like right now to be president of a wonderful private university that has a terrific tradition couched in the Franciscan philosophy for generating goodwill and, and a great culture within the campus and then out to the community in service. And one of the markers that I would love to have said by any place I ever taught is a person told her that a nurse that treated her in the hospital and cared for in the hospital, she knew right away was an Alvernia nurse because of the way she, uh, her manner in, in in the bed at bedside if anyone said i knew you were david Fearon student from the way that you're performing this this role in my company i'd be tremendously proud and maybe that has said i i don't know but i think that's what we strive for what glennis and i strive for is to make such a positive mark on the development of a, a student that when they are in the field doing hopefully what they love doing for people they're known by sort of as our product as our brand so here is a delightfully happy and very very busy and very very learningful president of a 2023 college who's not in crisis. <laughs> I know. Alvernia College. Did I Alvernia say that correctly? University. Alvernia oh, University. Oh, I've, yeah. I, wait a minute. When did you become a university? In the last five minutes? <laughs> no, 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 2008. 2008. No, I, I'm drawing back to my history with Glennis mm -hmm. Fitzgerald, the president of Alvernia university because it was alverner vernier college when i went there with a team of folks from a very special hospital here in connecticut to uh study with uh their faculty and others how they organized the learning for their students in such a unique way now that was 9899 glennis has the school defaulted back to conventional ways of organizing courses and teaching them? Or is there something wonderful still going on? Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And I'll tell a little story of when I first interviewed here and I went back and told my son, who was then 14, and I kept saying about Alvernia, Alvernia. He said, you say it like it's a fairyland, <laughs> like it's a magical place. And I said, well, quite frankly, it really is. Um, it's a place where... We are grounded in the Franciscan traditions. And so that that grounding influences everything we do 
from the moment the student wakes up until the moment the student is an alum successful uh, individual. We, we really look at that opportunity to have very skilled students in their technical fields who are married to a very truly uh, compassionate approach to, to whatever work that they do. And it's when I'm most proud as a president, when someone says to me, you know, I know an Alvernia nurse when I see one and they don't have to have an Alvernia jacket on or anything else. But when they approach my bedside, I know that they were trained at Alvernia because they're exceptionally well skilled, but because they sit and they have compassion and they slow down and make sure uh, that they're communicating effectively. And um, and with that warmth that you you hope can infuse into any work life. That's astounding. I, I believe it and uh, I envy it. And I would love to have any school of any level produce such character development along with the skills that someone could say, oh, you went to our former school, Central mm -hmm. Connecticut State. I can mm -hmm. tell. In the classroom, mm -hmm. I'm teacher. I can tell, mm -hmm. uh, or your uh, work in our marketing strategy uh, comes from the communications faculty of Central. I can tell, mm -hmm. and even that the way people conduct business, hopefully ethically and with imagination and drive, is a sign of the business school that I taught in mm -hmm. there at Central, but. There's the the grounding in the in the Franciscan not just of tradition but their way of of, of viewing human nature in nature. That's uh, right. I felt when I was there in the late nineties, um, mm -hmm. it wasn't just the symbolism of the crosses and the fact that some of the people teaching were uh, in an order. It was more than that for sure. And you know what? I saw it when I sat down and had coffee in the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. Some students, I just like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? These kids are so happy. <laughs> and you're right. It's a, your son was right. In, in that sense, it was a fairyland. But wh what do you think then brings out the best of, of people in the way your culture works there at uh, Alvernia? Yeah, we approach we approach everyone with love and, and care and, and sense of, of curiosity. So over the last four years, we've grown our international student population from four students to this year. We have over 100 students from 18 different countries and wow. all of those students are coming and we're saying, tell us about your culture. We want to understand. We had Saudi National Day here last Sunday. Students came from both Alvernia as well as Cedarcrest and St. Joseph's University all came together to celebrate Saudi National Day. That doesn't happen at, a, at, at other Catholic colleges, right? Um, no. We wanted to embrace our Muslim family and say, you know, teach us, help us learn um, so that we can all be, be curious together. And, and, and then you'll see that, as you mentioned, in the cafeteria. It's not all the students from Peru sit here and all the students sit, they're intermingled. They ask to live together in the dorm. So there's, you know, a Saudi student sleeping next door to a Catholic student. And, and it makes for such a, um, an environment where we are just learning from each other and learning what keeps us all uh, common. I'm, I just did a DNA test yesterday and we'll come together with 50 students, faculty and staff to say, 
what's in our DNA that makes us who we are? And where are the overlaps? So we look at it from a number of different ways, but the 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 emphasis is always on the whole person and really embracing who each one of us are individually and how we all come together in this crazy world that we're we're in right now. Exactly the right time. Uh, more than ever, we need um, uh, schools that are helping people compose themselves, if you will, for the future that you and I couldn't have begun to imagine in terms of it's in an interconnected to globalism, its complexity, the the bad stuff and the good stuff that come back out to have a battle again, all of that going on. It's in many ways, it's always been going on, but it's exaggerated and amplified by social media and 24 hours of news cycles and so forth. And yet these young um, people who, you know, have come through a pandemic and remote schooling and everything, they arrive at your campus uh making financial sacrifices and the fact that they've chosen that school and not all the ones that, you know, all their friends sent. And now they're saying, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I here? And how do you help them get those crucial few weeks of freshman semester, mm-hmm. as you and I remember, yeah. in into a point where they come out and say, oh, look what I've done. <laughs> this <laughs> is wonderful. And they go home at Thanksgiving raving. Yeah, it's that culture of care, David. It, it really, really is. And when we talk to students, um, let, actually, let me tell you a, a quick story. Uh, we we uh, have this week of welcome, right? And so it's a number of activities, a number of opportunities, both academic and and fun. Um, not that academics can't be fun by any means. No, but, it, they but can be fun too. Academic activities <laughs> together. Um, and so it's a it's a week long celebration and an orientation for our students. Um, after that week, I sent out a note to the students and said, just tell me if anyone made your day special. We have a, a, a tradition here of a happy hour for the faculty welcoming them back and saying thank you for for being with us through all of this. And we invite the staff this year for the first time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had this feedback form up for maybe 48 hours to ask students to say, who made your day special? And we got 70 responses oh. in that short period of time from students who don't read. You know, we all say, oh, they don't read their email. And why would they ever fill it oh, out? Yeah. The time to say this person made my day special. And I think that that feeds itself. Right. And we create a culture of care. We say we want to make sure that you're going to be successful if we given you an, a letter offering you admission, we want to give you a diploma. That's what we're all here for. I like that. I role, like that. Right? Yeah, it's not just an admission. It's a promise. Exactly yeah, right. It's a mutual promise. They have to promise to put their uh, shoulder to the wheel, too. But still, that's a lovely way of putting it. And we've also added a number of elements, knowing that our students are are having sacrifices in terms of finances, knowing that a $200 car payment um, can make or break their ability to continue school. Um, right. So we we have people across campus who have the ability to say, just talk to me, tell me what's going on, really. Hmm. Um, and if it's, you know, my transmission blew and I don't know how I can get back and forth, I need a bus pass, they can just give them one. And it's not through a big hoops, it's not through a, a large network or bureaucracy, it's just simply, you need $250 to fix your car, here, let me get you a check, we'll get it for you today. And we'll get you back uh, in your car and, and back 
to not having to worry about that while you're going to school. There are so many of those kind of worries. You and I taught at what I always thought of as a working folk school at Central Mm -hmm. Connecticut in that region. I can't tell you how many times that I had students who said, uh, well, I have to apologize for being late for class, but the transmission fell out in my car and it wasn't just one of those, the dog ate my homework. It no, literally it did. Was me. It yeah. fell in off because they were driving junkers mm-hmm. to, uh, and working sometimes two jobs and taking a full load with us in the course of this podcast series, Glennis, about a dozen or more of the conversations are with former students, some who were in our EDGE program, which you know about mm-hmm. how much we're proud of that. But yeah. by and large, they've gone from my transmission fell out when I first would sit down with them to, I'd love to show you pictures of our new baby. And I this know. is our house. Yeah. And uh, these are Hispanic kids and kids from uh, Albania and all these kids. Who, and I have to give travels a lot of credit. They got, they earned themselves jobs there mm-hmm. or, or in the same tier. But they never would have imagined, had they not come to Central, no. that their life would be this rich. And I think very much the same for Alvernia. When when someone knows that the nurse at their bedside is has the uh, bears the, uh, the spirit of your school and feels it, mm-hmm. uh, and that's happened many years now, of many waves of graduates, you're putting a lot of love out there in the world, aren't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. We we really are. And and I think that we need to really look at that, that in today's world, there's so much criticism of higher ed and the cost oh. is too high and all we all of that. And some of that is true and some of that's exaggerated. But the truth is the best path to the middle class is still a college degree. Yes. And if we can help students get from there, like you did with your students through the EDGE program, that that's that's going to change their whole lives and not only their lives, the lives of their family, right? Because people who go to college have kids who go to college. And so it, it makes a difference to each individual family for sure. One, when did you know, I'm sounding like one of those interviewers now with mm-hmm. it. When did you know, Glennis Fitzgerald, that there was a president hiding in your, in your being <laughs> waiting for the right place at the right time to be the kind of president, exactly the kind of president a school like yours needs. Thank, thanks, Doc. Know? When did I know that? Um, <laughs> you know, as a first-gen college student myself, I think I continually waited for someone to tell me I was ready. And yes. um, and so at, at Central, I had a provost who said, maybe you should go to the Becoming a Provost program, right? Um, and then as a provost, someone, my, my president said, you know, you, you should be going to this discerning the presidency workshop. So um, I, I don't know when I personally felt it. I kind of waited for someone to tell me. And I think that's why it's so important for us to reach to people and say, you've got potential. Um, because sometimes you need that nudge to say, yeah. this, is, this is possible for you. Yeah, it's, it's it, I can get it. I mean, it's really hard to imagine, uh, particularly if, when you start out like you did as first gen, really hard to imagine that you uh, are going to be, have that level of responsibility and visibility in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And and so, but you got some sampling of it through those, those the various levels and you were a provost. Now, when you went to Alvernia, 
were you there as a provost? That's right. I went as provost. Okay. That's my recollection. I remember going to your uh, farewell gathering. I think we were in sort of a classroom over in um, Barrows Hall, I think. And <laughs> you have had, a great memory. We yeah. had, well, I can remember <laughs> we had our typical tray of uh, cheese squares. You remember those with some <laughs> apricots sprinkled in? <laughs> And some, mm -hmm. some some pastries that looked like they had pretty much given up on life, but they, they were in a tray. <laughs> but it was genuine. The people who really loved what, who you were to us uh, came to that moment. And uh, and I believe that was when you said you're moving on to be a provost. That's like, right. In a, it, in a different location. Yeah. That's right. And it was so, so meaningful for me that you came, especially you, Doc, because you you know, you've been there since I was that, you know, bright-eyed, uh, ink-so-wet PhD. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and helped me through some of those days that you think you can never do in higher ed. So it was yeah. especially meaningful that you came back for that day for me. Thank you. When you um, when did the call to you as provost come to say, would you be willing to become our president? Because the, there's my recollection that the tradition there was that it would be a, a, a person in the order or, or not a civilian, in other words. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. Did you so have to I am... give up your family and become a nun? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I didn't do that. No, um, I am the first lay female president, but there had been two lay president, male okay. presidents prior. Um, so they had shifted since the time that you were here from religious uh, to lay lay presidents. Um, yep. So I'm the first female president 30 years, um, but there have been female uh, presidents before and lay presidents before. Yep. But my this this was very unusual and um, and quite challenging, I have to say. Um, I was on the road to go be a president at another college. I had actually accepted. Uh, the presidency at another college when the board chair called to say, um, was there a possibility that I could back out of that and stay with Alvernia? Um, the president had been in a seven-year contract, but felt that he had really accomplished everything he had hoped to do and was um, going to be leaving the university. And so with the idea that I was leaving and the president was leaving at the same time. Oh, yeah, that's a crisis. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it took prayer. It took reflection. It took a lot of phone calls with people that I trust. Um, but ultimately, my my real true love for this university uh, encouraged me to stay. And um, and the university that I was going to um, was so kind and warm in their understanding uh, of why I needed to stay here. Um, so I it was an interesting imagine. path, an unusual path. <laughs> That that's what we call calling. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Literally a phone call, but a calling. <laughs> indeed. Now I um, have been admiring the Facebook uh, sort of pictorial history of of you, uh, in in it in uh, so many places. Uh, here's Glennis cutting the ribbon on a new <laughs> this. Here's here's Glennis uh, at a workshop for. Uh, sheltered you know a sheltered workshop here's a mm -hmm. that's a lot of outreach uh, but it's perfect for your nature and i think just right for the for the uh, reputation of the uh, of the university thank you for uh, saying or, so. or or do they just like say oh 
Now you got to go out and cut a ribbon and you go, oh, <laughs> not no. another ribbon cutting. I can't imagine <laughs> you saying that. No, <laughs> what's no, the community so like? What, what is oh. it like to be out there in that community? And, and what towns do you basically have the most uh, visibility? So, um, so the history of Alvernia, as you know, uh, has been so community engaged and so service uh, to our community that every time I'm out representing Alvernia, there's this outpouring of warmth and respect and and in some place in some places gratitude for what we've been able to accomplish together with our partner organizations. And so, yeah, I've been so, uh, you know, I do, you know, I was at a breakfast this morning. I'll be at a dinner tonight. <laughs> well, Hopefully they didn't give you the tray of cheese. <laughs> no, no, the food's gotten better. <laughs> uh, and a lot of it. Um, but, but truly we have such a wonderful community that is in our greater Berks County area. Our, our sphere of influence is is broadening. We have now been recognized as a national university by U.S. News and World Report. And so that has added to our, our sphere of influence. Yeah, second year yep. that we've been recognized as a national. Uh, so that makes a difference in our reputation. But really, um, we're here in Reading. We have a location in Pottsville, which is in Schuylkill County, about 45 minutes away. That's really dedicated to our adult learners. But we're looking at other ways that we can partner with business communities up there. In general, I just walk into any meeting and say, what can we do for you? And um, our university has that approach that we don't design programs that aren't needed in the community uh, that we serve. And so if I go into a dinner and they're saying, geez, I wish we could get more engineers, then that's the next program I'm going to talk about with my faculty. So um, we're really looking for those ways that we can build the communities we're in. We're also in Philadelphia, and in Philadelphia, it's a very different model. Um, those are typically women um, working as aides in social services organizations who wow. want to have a degree that will propel their family into a whole different sphere. And so, um, we're you know, their average age is in the 40s, um, and we help them move from a skilled level uh, to a bachelor's degree. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I I can almost picture the celebration that some of those women have when they earn that degree yeah. and uh, probably have 20 or more family members <laughs> <laughs> present for the moment. <laughs> yeah, because, because they so. know how, how tough it is to labor in those roles because those are what we call high emotional uh, labor. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a tremendous cost to trying to be... Um, helpful to people in, in distress. And there's a lot of that to go around. So what a wonderful place to be. It's terrific. Yeah. Commencement is a beautiful celebration here of the whole range of students that approach learning, right? Um, from that typical student that you and I would have in class who, you know, we had to take, tell to take the baseball hat off. Oh, yeah. Um, Put down the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but everyone coming together at commencement is just a wonderful um, celebration of what education can provide and and the transformative experience that Alvernia provides that's so unique. Yeah, it uh, is a sort of a, uh, uh, well, I've studied practice now since I retired a lot more than I did when I was just, when I was teaching organization behavior, but I, uh, I, I relish the connection between uh theory and practice that we middle persons can make uh 
Mm-hmm. You know, we can, here's theory over here. It, there's plenty of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, if you don't have a little taste for it or even a hunger for it, it's going to stay on the shelf. Yet here you are with people who do things and you're doing, you're serving meals at restaurants and everything to pay for mm-hmm. school. That's practice. Mm-hmm. And and you're putting yourself into both. Now, you're the, we'll make the, we'll make, we'll build a bridge and, <laughs> and put some nice incentives to get across it to theory. But you're the one who takes it out in the world. And that's one of the things I remembered from my visit to Alvernia the first time is that there was a pragmatic, a loving pragmatic aspect to it, you know. Well, that, that we have really, really grown. Um, so during the pandemic, we decided that we wanted to help um, a lot of the struggling businesses, the local restaurants, the entrepreneurs who are just getting started, Um, the nonprofits who were struggling. And so during the pandemic, we had our student workers work, uh, student employees. Let me say that differently. We hired our students um, to work online to support those businesses, whether it was a new business plan, whether it was some accounting work, or whether it was social media and marketing. Um, So our students during the pandemic served over 100 different organizations with whatever need they had to stay in business. And we've since expanded that. So now that was 18 students back in 2020. It's now 78 students. And we've served over 200 organizations in our region. And the students, you're right, get that real experience that they can take. Tremendous growth experience. Absolutely. And then they can... um, and then the businesses that we support are able to to grow and to thrive in in this uncertain world that we're in right now. So we're so proud of that. Um, we've been able to expand it into cultural organizations as well. So um, it, it's it's um, it's really a privilege to be in a place where I know my students are getting that experience of taking that theory, great theory that our faculty do such a wonderful job with. Um, but really apply it. And and they apply it from their freshman year. Um, We're now recruiting students as what we call opaque fellows. And those students come in as freshmen to to start to do that work. And then they grow uh, over the four years with us. See, that puts puts confidence uh, where it should be placed, which is in the first day of the first semester to Mm -hmm. say, we're confident that even if we give you a very challenging, complex role, which is to help a small business, mm-hmm. and you don't even know what a spreadsheet is yet, <laughs> we're going to put you in that in that role because mm-hmm. as that business needs you, they're going to make um, make things w- uh, clear to you what what they need, and mm-hmm. you're going to you're you're going to be moved to want to learn that, even if you have to step out of the coursework and step over to a library or, or interview an accounting professor and say, can you help me? Because what they really need is blank, blank, blank. And I don't even know what that is. But, you know, that's the way we're going to live the rest of our lives, Glennis. There's mm-hmm. so much that we don't know because the world's changing so fast that we've got to have that. OK, what my uh, what what do I need to know? Peter Vale called that being a reflective beginner. Mm-hmm. And his point was back and when he was my teacher and beyond is you're going to have to learn to be a beginner, even if you have two PhDs and you're the head of a hospital or Mm -hmm. the president of a college. That's right. With our last remaining minutes here, uh, 
I want to ask you about being a reflective beginner. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you on the verge of not knowing a lot about that you're going to tackle as a president, as a learner? Yeah, I think for me and for the role that I am in in Alvernia, it really is learning as much as I can about all of the things that are outside the university. Um, and by that, it's, you know, people look to Alvernia to answer questions about what's that new building going up on 6th Street or, you know, what is the way that we could solve, you know, we're trying to get a train back, uh, passenger okay. rail back to how, how can Alvernia help with that? That's not in my skill set. As a no, kid. no. <laughs> so it's it's continually learning, asking questions, being curious, and uh, and relying on people who know so much more uh, to help me learn as I go through these these days, these early days. Well, someday you'll be cutting the ribbon on the train station. That's the real hope. That's absolutely. That'll be a game changer for us for sure. How can you have a railroad that was once known as the Reading Railroad not coming to Reading. <laughs> Isn't that so true? Exactly. This, this is not, this does not make enough. sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's been truly delightful. Uh, old friends, uh, re reconnecting it's me, seeing you in absolutely the right place at the right time. Thank you. Uh, and I expect you'll be there for a while longer and, uh, the day that you choose to be somewhere else, it'll be because it's another challenge. But the day you leave, there'll be weeping in the streets, Glennis. They'll oh. be weeping and moaning. Oh, oh, no. This is the kind of leadership a college should have. That's you. Oh, oh, my, seriously. Hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with tears. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sincerely, um, you've been a, a role model for me, uh, I, I swear, since my very first day on campus. And I've admired your your leadership in the classroom and in the community um, that was central and uh, miss you. And uh, yeah. really hope that this will continue our, our conversations for, for years to come. Thank you very, very much. Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts, or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Oh, and one more thing. How could I forget? The book On Practice as a Way of Being is available now in digital form, something that would be new, like podcasting to many of us. And it's a, a great way of learning more and more about what this podcast presented when Peter Vale and I originated it several years ago. So please come to www.mylibrary, one word, dot world slash practice, and you'll see what I mean. Thank you.